0: The second hour of Search for Lawful Government with Ron Avery here at RepublicBroadcasting.org here on the, uh, December 22nd, 2023. And we've got a couple of callers we're going to take before we bring our guest on. He is in the green room, but uh, so we're going to have him there just a few minutes until uh, we take first Dan from Washington. How are you doing?
1: Living the dream.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I needed that. <laughs> Tell me about
1: it. <laughs> My lifestyles of the rich and famous—you know how how it goes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the concern. I, I got you know. I was more for populists like Pat Buchanan, and then um, you know Trump, and, and I started looking into this uh, conservatism, kind of conservatism incorporated, <laughs> but I, you know, even from its beginning, I, and I think the beginning of conservatism was, uh, there's a good debate on YouTube with, uh, George Wallace versus Buckley, Buckley uh-huh. versus Wallace. And you can see how George Wallace, he, you know, he's not concerned about, you know, what. You know, Buckley's saying it's not government's role to provide retirement, you know, because they're talking about basically cutting Social Security, which, you know, the American people, there was no big group of Americans mad about Social Security. But George Wallace was more concerned about, you know, these white communities, especially, but the Civil Rights Act was being used to attack kind of white ethnic communities. You know, you could say in New York or Chicago, or really just being used to dismantle uh, dismantle the, any kind of like the solidarity or cohesion and stuff.
0: Well, yeah, um, I could. Uh, a, you know? a lot of things are that way. What? What? And I think this is the open border thing too, which is to dissolve uh, consensus. Uh, the, a, a tyrannical, dissolved government protecting itself cannot have consensus in the population over what their problem is. They're gonna, if, the, if these people figure it out that, that it's tyranny, we only have, and it's true, that we only have one problem in America. It is, it is tyrannical, dissolved government, period. That's our problem. If we had lawful government, most of this thing, all of this stuff would be was solved. We just, right. we just, we just don't have it, and we're having a hard time figuring it out and how to arrive at it, how to get it.
1: Yeah, I, I think that you know the conservative movement, in my view, was kind of a scam from the beginning. I think it was designed to basically give white working class men to somehow feel sorry for Wall Street and then you had Reagan you know, Reagan uh you know, Reagan and, and the Republicans in the eighties were for open borders more than Democrats because you had the unions that were they would call the unions racist. Uh, you know the,
2: Oh well I'll I
1: mean tell this, you. just it's Damn. I guess the thing is it's reactionary. Conservatism is just reactionaryism, I guess is yeah.
2: the best way yeah. to put it.
1: Uh,
0: uh, Dan, I got to tell you the story. In the 90s, I think it was 92 or something, I went to one of these uh, Republican uh, conventions uh, held in Fort Worth, I believe, and um, there was uh, thousands of people there, and I I I had a big poster of, uh, of a bunch of people on a bus and in a bus and walking beside the bus, and they were all coming from Mexico. And I had a big red circle with a slash through it, and I said, close the border. That was in 92, and I was standing on a chair yelling it, and everybody was mad at me. They wanted me to sit down and shut up.
1: <laughs> yeah, and... and- it's tragic, really. I mean, how, like, Wallace would actually, he would stick up for black people too, but he would openly stick up for white people. He would just say, white people this, black people that. Right. But after the conservative movement was invented, their whole thing is like, we're not racist. You'd have the Democrats attacking white people, but the conservatives would never just openly defend white people. So it's kind of like, Democrats always just win you know in a
0: sense or I, well let's face it, it's kind of like the good cop bad cop, but they they all yeah, it I is. Know. all it is is they just uh, they switch these issues. see conservatism and liberalism is not defined by any other thing than particular issues. And they, they swap these issues back and forth. That's why these terms have, have become totally meaningless. Liberal and conservative yes. doesn't mean one damn thing. It all it is is, is two. It's two uh, organizations serving the same beast. I
1: agree, a hundred percent. You know, it's a. Uh, I, I noticed that even when Glenn Beck got powerful, all of a sudden he's worshiping Martin Luther King and the Civil so, Rights Act. Then they start the Democrats are the real racists and. Uh. Yeah, and the Democrats are for open borders now, and they were for more unions and working people. But, yeah, all all the major issues that apply to 80% of the population, neither side really represents now. It's just they're fighting over issues that that don't matter. And, uh, yeah, I I gave up, you know. (laughs) Well,
0: Dan, I... I thought I was a good conservative until I started getting this email about who I ought to be supporting and I ought to support Israel. I've got to go, what? how come I'm not a conservative anymore? I mean, what is this? Right. <laughs> but any- well, anyway...
1: Even, that's my main point. Even from the beginning, though, if you watch that debate, what is a conservative? Because that's what Buckley is trying to tell Wallace. Like, I'm the real conservative. You know, so even from the beginning, conservative is... The idea kind of just didn't really mean anything. It's always like been an argument of who's the real conservative, not, not what is conservatism. Or what are the what list of really issues is. that you're for? Yeah, like what are, you, what are your well, top five to, issues? You know, I'd even to like to that. say
0: this, Dan. I don't even see how anybody could actually be a conservative because the, the term comes from conserve. That is to... To keep things the way they are, is there anybody in America that wants to keep this crap the same way it, it is? I mean, we shouldn't have a conservative in the country. I mean, no, I don't <laughs> think it, I don't think anybody really is a conservative. Does anybody really want to keep this crap going the way it is? I don't. I don't I see how you that, could have a conservative.
1: I think that uh, I guess you could say the Bill Gates and these guys. World, the the Black Rock and the big banks—they they love things the way they are, you know. I get, so yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks for taking the call. Have a merry you Christmas.
0: bet, Dan. Thanks for calling. All right, Kathleen from Texas, how are you doing?
3: Hey, Ron, have a wonderful Christmas, and thank um, you. Uh, I think we should, you know, focus on what's really important, which is uh, jazz. Ha- Hammond organ. <laughs> we gotta have have a have a jazz. That'd be my uh, platform. Uh, vote for me. I'll have a jazz Hammond organ in every home.
0: I, I'm I'm voting for you, Kathleen. You got my <laughs> vote. You got my vote.
3: <laughs> well, uh, and then just to tell you, uh, Joey D. Francesco.
0: Joey yeah. Fran-
3: tell, yeah, talk fabulous. to me, Kathleen. Come on. Yes. yes. Now he's only in his, uh, I'd, I'd say about fifty, uh, fabulous uh, jazz organist. I don't know if you have any of his uh, CDs. Yeah,
0: but. I've listened to him. Yeah, oh. uh, let me ask you, cat I'm so surprised that you know that name. I really am. Uh, and and uh, I want I want to. Uh, you probably know this person too. It's a German woman. It's a female. Uh, her name is uh, Din- Dinnerlin, Barbara Dinnerlin. Look her up on YouTube. Uh, she studied under Jimmy Smith, and her footwork on the bass uh, pedals below it and the, the stuff she can do with a B3 Hammond organ is unbelievable. She is such, awesome.
3: Such talent. No, I have not heard of her. And I, I'm one of your low-tech people. I have a landline, no Internet, no TV, so I can't <laughs> look stuff up on the Internet.
0: But and, you, and you know this. You, you know, see, I had to go. I, the only thing I knew uh, until about three years ago was Jimmy Smith, or four or five years ago. And then I started researching on YouTube, Hammond B3. And then I discovered uh, uh, Jimmy McGriff, who used horns a lot in his music uh, and and, and uh, Jimmy Smith rarely used horns. He was, he was pre- pretty much uh, guitar and and the organ and drums and, and bass. But, uh, yeah. Well, anyway, well, I'm blown to, away, Kathleen, that you know this stuff.
3: In California, they used to have a jazz uh, radio station and it was called K-Jazz. And that's yeah. where I heard uh, many fabulous uh, artists. Uh, yes. You know, so that's that, that's my source. And then uh, right. last thing, um, uh, and I'm looking forward to your guests. so I'll be quick. Uh, Thank there's you. Uh, you had a caller that, w- that would call frequently, David from Massachusetts. Yes. Is, is, has he called you recently?
0: No, no.
3: Somebody had said to me they hadn't heard him for a long time, and I... I realized I haven't either. So, David from Massachusetts, please call in and let us know you're okay.
0: Way to go, Kathleen. Yeah, I'm glad you right. brought that up. I, I haven't heard from him. I hope he's physically okay.
3: Yeah. And so, anyway, uh, have a wonderful Christmas again. And uh, uh, Same <laughs> how, to you, how blessed Kathleen. we are to have such wonderful musicians uh, and be able Amen. to hear them. Okay, Amen. take care.
0: Thank you, Kathleen. bye, bye. All right, I think we're ready for our guest, James Uh, Roguski. How are you doing?
4: I'm doing very good. Thank you for having me. Merry Christmas to everybody.
0: Yes, thank you very much.
4: Same to you. Are you there? I am here. I hope you can hear me fine.
0: Okay, uh, I don't uh, – uh, let me see if I can pull something up here. Uh, I really uh, – uh, let me see. I have a picture of you uh, here, and uh, you have a website, James uh, jamesroguski.substack.com. And uh, I, I have heard you. I think we maybe have done a uh, – uh, a, a live stream joint thing with you and Mark Anderson.
4: Uh, yes, I've, worked, I, I've um, been in communication with Mark for quite some time. I've been primarily over the last um, almost two years now reporting on the uh, going on, goings-on with the World Health Organization and their ongoing negotiations to try to change international law. So that's uh, primarily what I've been um, sharing with the world.
0: Well, I'm glad you are, because somebody needs to be watching that outfit all the time. I have a website called lawfulgovernment.com, and it has four parts. And the fourth part is on COVID-19, the solution to it, uh, and all these uh, these mandates that came out with it. I believe that was the biggest uh, attack on the church and the... Uh, body of Christ ever uh, ever conceived because it it tries to make natural born man created in the image of God a threat to society and that is uh, that's just not the case and uh, but uh, and I know you're I know you uh, would like to tell us about what the, uh, the World Health Organization is doing with the uh, uh, the pandemic treaty, and also with these uh, uh, the, the world health, uh, health regulations, isn't it something like that?
4: Uh, yeah, I'll be happy to. I'll be happy to dive in. Just tell me when to uh, stop and, yeah. and catch your breath. Yeah, we're getting edge You've got the
0: floor, James, and we'll you'll have about three minutes, and we're going to take another break, and then we'll have about six minutes, and then we'll have another break, and then we'll go on for twenty minutes or so. So go ahead.
4: Good. So your focus on lawful government um, is exactly the opposite of what I think we're going to be talking about today with what's going on with the WHO. Um, I'll start off with sort of a rhetorical question. I'm curious if you and or your listeners can recall where they may have been in July of 1969. Now, I'm 63 years old, so I'm old enough to remember July of um, 1969. But what was going on back then was, you know, whether the uh, purported moon landing um, was going on, you know, on the moon or in a Hollywood um, soundstage somewhere at that same moment in time, the 22nd annual world health assembly was going on in Boston, Massachusetts. And I would be, I would be shocked if any of your listeners was aware that that is when the international health regulations were first brought into being. They were adopted by a bunch of unelected, unaccountable, unknown delegates to the world health assembly. And I would challenge anybody to find if there is any record whatsoever that the Senate gave their consent, you know, two thirds consent, um, to that international agreement. The problem with really what's going on here with the WHO across the board, one would think that if a group of delegates got together and reached an agreement for an international accord, treaty, you know, whatever you want to call it, that it would then have to go back to the various nations to be properly ratified or, you know, Senate would give their consent or some other form of approval, but that's not how they operate. The way they operate is they quietly have a bunch of bureaucrats agree to something, and then they operate on the idea of silence equals consent. What they did back in July of 1969 is they said, well, we'll give every nation nine months to reject that they've quietly agreed to while everybody else was up looking at the moon, and if no one rejected it, it um, would go into and it did go into legally binding effect on the first of January in nineteen seventy one and so for you know fifty some years uh, that has been accepted as law you know legally binding international law, and nobody in the world in any parliament or Congress or Senate or any other legislative body, actually proactively agreed to it. And that's the game that they're currently playing, where you know they have bureaucrats agree to something, and unless the heads of state of whatever nation in the world you may reside in, unless they proactively reject it in a certain period of time... It's assumed that everybody's okay with it, and i you know not. that That is not okay. That is not lawful government.
0: You're so right, James. That's that's like uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a pair of shoes in the mail, and <laughs> and and, uh, and and if you don't if you don't say anything about it, uh, you have to pay the bill is, is two hundred and fifty dollars.
4: Exactly.
0: Uh, wait a minute.'t don't, don't send me anything I didn't ask for. Don't set up anything and, and don't tell me that I, that I have to respond to you or I'm locked in some kind of con. That's not how contracts work. And that's what this is. They're pretending to have a social contract. Social contract says, uh, here, here's what we've agreed to. We've both agreed to it. It can't be changed without both of our signatures. And this this is nothing. It doesn't have any of that.
4: I agree. Absolutely.
0: Alright, super. Well, stay with us. We'll be right back after this.
5: That's 818-965-9113, drinksupertea.com.
6: Charles de Gaulle once said, actually, it's difficult to envision in this regard any other criterion, any other standard than gold. Yes, gold, which does not change in nature, which can be made into either bars, ingots, or coins, which has no nationality, and which is considered in all places and all times the immutable and judiciary value par excellence. So when the question is, why gold? It's simple, my friends. The answer to that question is simply, why not? Like it or not, precious metals will always be the world's reserve currency, even though nations do not define their currency by their worth in, say, gold. Individuals still buy gold and silver to protect themselves from inflation. The more money a nation's central bank pours into the economy, the less valuable its currency, the dollar is. which means the price of everything else rises. $21 up for a bag of dog food. Seeing that the dollar's cheap, that's why the cost of everything goes up. It's because the buying power, the value of the dollar has tanked. It's worth nothing. And yet gold that your family would have owned in 1907 will buy at least the same amount of goods, if not far more. William McPhee once stated, It's extraordinary how many emotional storms one may weather in safety if one is ballasted with ever so little gold. The truth about money, gold versus cash in a crisis. Gold, a valuable thing to store. The power of gold in times of crisis Historical sketch of paper currency. Oh, and beware the ides of rare coin dealers. And Alan Greenspan's speech on gold and economic freedom. How interesting. I'm going to give you gold and silver in five easy lessons. Seeking out the most efficient and most secure route to owning gold and converting it into widely accepted currency is the next best thing to enjoying gold-backed currency, my friends. In a world of central bankers hell-bent on devaluing our savings, you need to own private gold standard contact me, Jeffrey Bennett at Kettle Marine Limited by calling our phone number at 602-799-8214. That's 602-799-8214.
0: Welcome back to Search for Lawful Government with Ron Avery here at republicbroadcasting.org. org, and we've been talking to James Roguski about the World Health Organization and and how this entity came about and in, in these international health regulations. So continue, James. That's a very interesting.
4: Well, I think I heard you say that we've got about five or six minutes in this segment, and so that's right. Uh, that's right. I'll try to I'll try to mention a, a topic that is. Absolutely unbelievable, but I've documented it. The evidence is all on my site. I've been trying to get people to pay attention to this for a good 18 months. And so in May of 2022, um, the World Health Assembly had their 75th meeting. And in that meeting, they purported to have agreed to changes in the international health regulations, but they blatantly lied and said that they had voted on amendments that had been proposed by the Biden administration, and the simple fact is they never actually conducted a vote. They put forth a document on May 28th of 2022. It's got the name of their legal counsel on it. It says that it's... um, a certified copy of the changes that they wanted to propose to the international health regulations. And down on the bottom of that document, it says that this was done in the eighth meeting of the assembly. Well, the eighth meeting of the assembly was recorded and it's on the WHO's website in its entirety. And they never bothered to actually conduct a vote as to whether or not to agree to these changes. Now, On November 28th of this year, about a month or so ago, uh, a dozen members of the European Parliament wrote a letter to the WHO and demanded evidence that there was a vote on these proposed changes. And short of receiving that evidence, that they would consider these amendments to be null and void. And no evidence has been forthcoming from the WHO, and it won't be because they didn't bother to have a vote. They don't have evidence of it. And this is the type of information that one would think would be a, a controversy, right? You know, this would be just something that you would think news organizations would report on and government officials would be investigating, But here's where this all started and and why this is an issue. Um, There are a separate package of amendments that are currently being negotiated. We'll talk about that in the next segment. Hundreds of changes to the international health regulations. But when I first got involved in this um, back in March of uh, 2022, I had... Um, uncovered the fact that the Biden administration, back in January of 2022, was trying to speed up the process to amend these international laws and submitted changes that would shorten the time period for the next round of amendments. Now, the way the laws are structured, it takes 18 months for nations to have the opportunity to reject any changes and they're given 24 months to actually implement any of these changes. Biden wanted to change those time periods down to six months from 18 to reject it. And from 24 to implement it down to six months. And, you know, one possible reason for that is six months from next May the Biden administration, unfortunately, will probably still be in office, and they would have been able to ram through an enormous number of changes that are currently being negotiated. We'll talk about those in a little bit. And and so what we're dealing with here, I mean, you know, it's wonderful that your site, you know, is um, lawfulgovernment.com. This is an abomination. I mean, we've heard, I'm sure people have heard, that there's controversy about the election integrity here in the United States. The WHO has somehow figured out how to not even bother to vote on things <laughs> and just say that they did. That you got to admire, you know, their their ability to lie better than just about anybody.
0: That's amazing. You know, Spanky and our gang probably had a better uh, handle on it uh, how to how to pass legislation. I mean, I, I truly can't believe that. Well, stay with us. We'll be right back after this. Well, I don't know where <laughs> where my my uh, board ops went. He's supposed to have music going on here. There he is.
7: I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news. Real talk. Real people. Because you can handle the truth.
5: Hi. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly.
6: Cows, too.
3: EaseOff, LLC. 417-932-6419.
9: Want to diminish muscle aches, joint pains, and experience a greater sense of well-being? Tired of spending money on short-term remedies that never seem to work? Soothing, healing, relaxing terahertz frequency is now available and as handy as flipping a switch. Terahertz technology is changing the course of what we were taught about how to maintain our health and well-being. To learn more about this amazing breakthrough, go to naturalearthmedicine.com. That's naturalearthmedicine.com.
0: All right. Welcome back to Search for Lawful Government with Ron Avery here at RepublicBroadcasting.org. And again, we're talking to uh, Roger, I mean, uh, James Roguski. And uh, he was telling us how the World Health Organization actually operates and how the the, uh, uh, World Health Assembly is operating, uh, saying they've had votes and passed regulations when they never even hold a vote. But anyway, uh, continue on, James. That sounds fascinating.
4: The vast majority of people um, on the planet have not had Chance to actually read what is known as the international health regulations. And I admit, up until two years ago, I had not done so either. But if you actually do um, read them, you'll find out that they're really improperly named. They really should be called the international surveillance, monitoring, reporting, emergency declaring, fear mongering regulations because that's what they're really all about. Um, they were adopted in 1969, you know, while they were purportedly landing on the moon. But in 2005, they went through a large uh, number of amendments, and the same sort of rule applied then. Um, if you can find anywhere in any country where any parliament or congress or senate um, voted to approve the changes that were made by a bunch of unelected bureaucrats in 2005, please do let me know, because that just didn't happen. Right? Basically, what was set up in 1969 was a head of state leadership council where the dictators in each nation appoint a delegate to go to the World Health Assembly every year. I'm pretty sure no one here has ever voted to choose the delegate to go to that assembly. And so the delegates decide whatever it is they wish to decide to amend the international health regulations, and the head of state has the authority to reject it. But nobody seems to bother to ask the people or their representatives in their legislature whether or not we approve of those changes. And so what's going on right now is they're in the middle of secret negotiations that have been going on for well over a year. Back on September 30th of 2022, more than a year ago, um, 94 delegates from 94 nations submitted 197 pages of proposed amendments, over 300 proposed amendments, to an 80-page document. And they kept it secret until um, mid-December a year ago. I reported on it way back then when they um, made it public for the first time. But for the year since then, these negotiations have been going on in complete secrecy with, you know, a little tidbit coming out here and there. And if you thought that what I said before was um, hard to believe, here's another fact for everybody, that I've reported on since October. Um, The way the rules work with proposed amendments to these regulations is Article 55 of the regulation says that if they want to propose any changes, nations have to submit it four months in advance of the next assembly. Well, in 2024, the assembly is scheduled to begin on May 27th, And so four months prior to that is January 27th of 2024. Well, back on October 2nd, the co-chair of the working group that is negotiating these amendments publicly stated, and it's all recorded, it's on the WHO website, and I've reported on it many times, they said, well, you know, um, we're having difficulty reaching agreement amongst the 194 member nations. We don't think we're going to meet our deadline now if they were honorable people they would have said well you know we'll keep trying but we'll have to skip 2024 Um, we'll shoot for 2025 but that's not what they said because they're not honorable people they (laughs) brought out they brought out their legal counsel Stephen Solomon who spent about five minutes explaining one sentence And that one sentence in the International Health Regulations is very clear. It says if nations want to propose amendments, they have to do so four months in advance of the assembly, you know, basically so that everyone can see what is being proposed and consider it for a period of time before they get around to meeting and deciding whether or not to adopt it. Well, then they spent about an hour talking about how they intend to to violate that deadline. They've scheduled meetings for February and April. They don't have any plans to submit a final version by the deadline. They're just going to keep negotiating right up to the last minute in May. And, you know, we may or may not ever get an opportunity to see what they're proposing. And it certainly looks like we're not going to get to see it four months in advance of the uh, meeting in May. And and so, you know, the evidence of voting fraud and the evidence of conspiracy to violate the international health regulations just blatantly, um, you know, you would think that would be a, a news story. But, um, not, <laughs> well, not even the alternative media has, has picked up on this.
0: Well, I can kind of see why, why this is. Uh, to me, let's, let's apply these, uh, some definitions to this. Because uh, w- what we have here is layers of, of tyranny built one upon the other. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the exercise of power without authority is the definition of tyranny. So we mm-hmm. start with a group that never had, had any authority to begin with. The, the group itself, the, the World Health Organization and the World uh, uh, Health Assembly, none of them had any authority to start with. And then they create their own system of, of, of how to do uh, uh, amendments and how to uh, come up with a n- new uh, uh, charter or whatever. And and then they go about violating their own unauthorized tyrannical provisions so even the the tyrants are violating their it's like a bunch of ty- pirates that are violating the code and and of course the pirates don't want to to tell the uh the, the the victims of their piracy that they're violating their their own rules of piracy i mean it's just <laughs> It's yeah it's this is what has happened to the world when it's left the principles of property and and the things that were developed by like John Locke, the second treaties of government if if people knew the second treaties of government, that entity wouldn't even exist, much less be having problems within themselves.
4: I agree, and there's a little bit more information that I'd like to give and and then there's some positive news that I'd like to pass on. Sure, go right ahead. I love it. Amongst the 197 pages of proposed amendments are over a dozen amendments from a wide variety of nations that collectively, what they're attempting to put forth, most people would refer to it as a vaccine passport, but it's actually much more than that. They want to set up a digital system where worldwide they would um, be able to require not just a vaccine certificate, but also a prophylaxis certificate, a testing certificate, a recovery certificate, whatever those things might be because they're not defined. They want to have um, traveler locator forms. You know, you give them your itinerary of where you may be traveling and a passenger health declaration they want all of this to be connected in an interoperable database to access your health records to be able to restrict your travel now this is something that they refer to as a global health certification network as if you know someone's health can be certified by something like a PCR test that is really not meant to be a diagnostic or an injection that doesn't, you know, prevent any kind of an ailment, um, the fraud involved in doing that is only exceeded by the fact that they're busy building this network while they're pretending to be negotiating whether or not they want to build it. And so <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, really, it's pretty easy to see where the negotiations are headed because you can go to Global Digital Health Certification, the, the Global Digital Health Certification Network page on the WHO's website, and see that you know they're busy building the system if it hasn't already been built, and and so that's just one subset of the amendments that are being proposed. Um, I've been reporting on this for over a year. You can go to reject digital enslavement and learn all about that specific thing. And, you know, here's what I think is the good news. Um, If you found yourself or if you knew someone who was in a relationship where one of the partners in the relationship had become an abuser, um, you wouldn't tell the person being abused to negotiate for better terms. You would say you need to leave that relationship. And so if you go to stoptheglobalagenda.com, you'll see that in the United States Congress, there are matching pieces of legislation in both the House and the Senate to not only leave the WHO, but to also leave the United Nations. Because oh. you know, I'll just ask everybody a very simple question. Um what has the WHO or the United Nations done for you ever?
0: That's right. What, uh, what very benefit, good question.
4: Nothing. What benefit are we getting from being in these organizations? And so um, if you can just remember, rejected digital to see how they're trying to implement uh, you know, a vaccine passport you know beyond what you might imagine, to restrict people's travel and go to stoptheglobalagenda.com to see what you can do to push back and essentially encourage um, the United States Congress to get us out of the United Nations and out of the WHO. And so, you know, I understand, you know, election integrity issues. It's an abomination. Um, it's not as bad as the WHO. At least they pretend to vote, you know, here in the United States. But what it really comes down to is, if you don't see your congressperson or senator's name um, supporting legislation to exit these globalist organizations, you have to ask yourself, why in the world would you ever consider voting for them? Go find somebody else to support.
0: (laughs) Very good point. Yeah, absolutely. You should do that. So did you say reject digital, what, slavery?
4: rejectdigitalenslavement.com enslavement okay and what and was the other one stoptheglobalagenda.com stop
0: global agenda
4: stop the stop the global agenda.com .com. and so one okay. of the things i always do and this may freak you out but don't be afraid cuz i'm not um, i always give everybody my phone number whenever i do an interview so okay. my number my number is 310-619-3055, 310-619-3055. Look over the information on the websites. If you have any questions, if you want to know more, um, if you want to help take action and do something about this, you know, feel free to give me a call anytime. Well,
0: I, I certainly uh, appreciate that, James, and I certainly will. I, in fact, I would like to put uh, a connection on my website, uh, search for lawful government or actually lawfulgovernment.com under the COVID part uh, or, or maybe on, uh, and on the other part, too. Part of it is just straight uh, lawful government. And I have a section on, uh, you know, the World Economic Forum and all of that. I think we ought to put the World Health Organization under there as well and have some connections to your website and also maybe to some of uh, – I notice you have some articles that you've written on your website. And I'd, I'd like for you to maybe uh, send me uh, an email or something with the ones you think are – are the best ones the ones you might want to really highlight, and I could do that, that too. Would,
4: that would be that would be fantastic. One of the other projects that I'm working on is um, informed-descent.com, and I'd like to ask people just a really simple question because I think it's it goes to the heart of the problem of what we're dealing with. Um, people are maybe familiar with you know the Bill of Rights they're familiar with maybe the declaration of you know human rights you know with the united nations there are many declarations of what rights we have yeah. when you actually look into the law you'll find that the law is either missing or corrupted or inadequate and so here's a simple rhetorical question for people to think about if your rights have been violated, say um, your doctor pushed you to do something without properly informing you, ask yeah. yourself ask yourself what law protects your rights and what punishment in the law is associated with someone violating those rights? And here's what the problem is, that I think nobody other than myself really has addressed.
0: James, I'm going to ask you to hold on because we've got to take a break, but then uh, we'll come right back after this and you can finish. All right. Stay with us.
4: smash that donate button like Russian peacekeepers smashing through the Azov neo-Nazi terrorists in the Donbass.
8: I don't think you can explain politics without looking at Jewish power any more than you can explain physics without dealing with gravity. 9-11 was a jointly conducted covert operation that involved multiple states, the Saudis, the Israelis, and what you could call the deep state in the United cool with States. The anti-Semitic remarks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're jiggling juice, we used to say, yeah, the dancing Israelis. Uh, so even the Republicans now are compromising...
4: And they're pushing issues that are destructive to the white race. They would always say, like, are we just going to talk about this stuff on the radio? Or what are we going to do about it?
7: Either we force the democracy to work by actually getting the ballot access, getting the candidates, getting in office, getting our message out there to the people, or we expose just how undemocratic
8: it is. The Patrick and Jeremy Show, Tuesday at 9 Central and Wednesday at 1 Central.
10: Have you been looking for a trusted, long-term, storable food company? We have a solution for you. Simply Clean Foods is dedicated to providing the best quality food you can buy next to fresh from a farmer's market. Our line of resealable fruits, vegetables and meats are suitable for everyday use and you won't have to worry about throwing away valuable groceries ever again. Our food is completely GMO-free, and our stringent quality controls, plus testing for heavy metals, makes us unique in the storable foods market. Simply Clean Food's primary focus is to bring clean food to people all around the world and change the way we look at freeze-dried food in our daily cooking.
4: Are you
7: sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for Truth, Liberty, and Balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because big tech, big pharma, and big brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we, the people, are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around, and be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at tlbtalk.com and join the social media revolution.
0: Okay. Well, we're going to cut that a little short so we can give James a little bit more than two minutes to wrap it up and uh, tell us what he'd like us to know right at the end here. All right, James.
4: I appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much. Um, The thing that I was um, saying just before the break was at informed-defense.com, one of the things that I feel needs to be done is we have to look at how our rights have been violated over the last four years and ask a very simple question. If there's no law that punishes that kind of bad behavior, people being forced to do things to their body in order to keep their job or go to school or travel or whatever it may have been, we have to recognize that the lack of teeth in the law making those activities actual criminal offenses, um, they're going to keep doing it. If, if yes. something is not, even if something is morally, ethically, karmically, you know, divinely wrong, if it's not a crime in the code of, you know, regulations or law, um, they're going to continue to get away with those abuses of power. And so one of the problems that I'm working on is no legitimate government in the form of laws that punish those who infringe upon our rights and freedoms. And so thank you very much. Thank you very much for the time. I appreciate it.
0: You've been a great uh, guest, especially for this show and this format, which is the search for lawful government. And you're, it sounds like you're on the track of doing that, too, and you have a plan. So I definitely want to make a connection with you and have you on some more in the future. It sounds really great. And you have a Merry Christmas, too.
4: You, too. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.
0: Uh, same to you. All right. Well, thank you, everybody uh I uh, did have a blast talking to everybody and uh, uh, especially with James here. he had a lot of good information for us and um, and and thanks the radio station y'all have done a great job and Merry Christmas to everybody and uh, uh, let's pray for the repentance of the unlawful, antichrist, tyrannical state of Israel, and for the deliverance of the Gazan people, and for all to get into the kingdom of heaven through the death, resurrection, and ascension of Christ Jesus, the door that no, nothing and nobody can close, and so we can all sit down in the heavenly places with him, uh, as uh, St. Paul has said and in Ephesians two six, and uh, I I just can't think of anything any better than that—eternal uh, life in the galaxies with Christ Jesus. Uh, I want, I want those antichrist Jews to get in there. Okay, uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.